I'm being honest. Other people spice up our sex life. Yeah. So you're with other people. The tension, that yumminess you feel when you're you're going to meet somebody, and it just it's electricity, and you bring that home to your partner. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 130, We're Finn and Emma. And today we are talking to... By the way, we just had a... We had a fight. We had a... No... (laughs) laughing we had to hit record because somebody was digging a hole yeah somebody was digging a hole and (laughs) saying things that were not cool (laughs) okay good thing we kicked them out all right today we've got bill and felice part dose yes so bill and felice were on our show episode 42 back in january of 2019 so it's been a year and a half and they have some updates yeah it's awesome and we're super excited to have them back on they're going to talk to us well they already did talk to us and we're going to we're going to share it. So they're talking to us. I will stop talking now <laughs> about uh, what they've been up to sort of being forced back into monogamy because of coronavirus, uh, STDI scare that they've had in the past couple months and what they're excited about moving forward and how their relationship has sort of changed and grown in the last year. Yeah. And just a quick note, it's not necessary to go listen to episode 42 before you listen to this one but trust me after you listen to this one you're gonna want to go listen to episode 42 anyway so that is a true story (laughs) and a few quick community announcements from us first our next virtual speed meet and greet is next thursday june 25th from 9 to 11 p.m that's june 25th Mm -hmm. did you say that i think you did i did i zoned out for a second (laughs) i'm back though (laughs) so next (laughs) No, next Thursday, 9 to 11. <laughs> so our virtual speed meet and greet, we all join one big Zoom call and then we have a few icebreakers and then we give you a talking point and you send you off into a breakout room where you get to meet different people on a um, in a setting with two to three other people. And then you have five to eight minutes to talk and then you're brought back to the main Zoom. We scramble the names and you're sent back out into the breakout rooms. So we would love to have you join us. Go to normalizingnonmonogamy.com, click on the meet and greet tab at the top, or go to the show notes for this episode. There will be links there. The show notes in your podcast player, there's links there. And just a quick reminder, all proceeds from the June meet and greet will be donated to the Black Lives Matter Global Network through Act Blue, which is the one company that handles all the donations. Yep. One last thing to mention on that, if you're part of the Patreon or you've been to a previous meet and greet, you get mad discounts. So... You're going to want to do that. If you're interested in joining Patreon, there are links on our website or in the show notes as well under the community tab. And speaking of Patreon, yeah, tonight we've got some events as well. Yeah, tonight we have our video Q&A. It's our monthly video Q&A for our Patreon members. And we have it at two of them, one at 9 p.m. Eastern and 9 p.m. Pacific. We would love to have more people join, but we always have a really good turnout anyway. But it's a wonderful time to ask questions and just have a general discussion and, and meet and make community. Yeah, but meet other awesome people. So we'll all you regulars out there, we're expecting to see you tonight, and we're excited. It, and Excited yeah, it? We're excited it. <laughs> I got to throw a couple extra ids on the end. And then the other quick thing is the women's group. So for our $5 and up patrons, you get to be part of our women's group. We just had our last call yesterday, which went great. And our next call will be in July. But in the meantime, you can come join us and be part of the women's group MeWe Chat. Yep. Awesome group. And I'm so I'm actually really excited that you're doing it because it's awesome. I, you've gotten a lot out of it yourself. So yes. if nothing else, win for you. <laughs> other people i know it was a joke i know all right final final thing quick word from our sponsor as you know now we've been working with alt playground the last couple well like the last month now yeah since the beginning of the june and we're super excited about it one of the reasons that one of the main reasons that we got on board um we're so excited about it is the diversity that they're bringing so we went on and collected some stats 
And so right now you can sign up. When you sign up, you can pick from eight different relationship types, six different relationship statuses. Yeah. So you want to explain the difference real quick? Well, a relationship type would be... Polyamory, non-monogamy, open relationship, whatever you define yourself. Correct. And a relationship status is I'm single, I'm solo, I'm married, I'm partnered. Yeah. Any variety of that, dating. Mm -hmm. You can also choose from nine different gender identity options, including non-binary, gender fluid, gender queer, trans, and 13 inclusive sexual orientations. And I'm not going to list them all because, well, there's 13 of them. Bisexual, pansexual, demisexual. I'm not going going to keep going. But you get the point. So lots of options, lots of inclusivity. And we're excited to get behind it. So check them out on our website. Right on the homepage, there's links. On our favorite resources page, there's links. And yeah, we highly recommend it. Normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Go check it out. And while you're there, say hello. Reach out to us. Send us a message and we'll send you one back. Yeah. Send us any positive feedback you have for the show. Or if you want to come on the show, we'd love to hear from you. And with that, have a wonderful episode and we'll see you on the other side. Yeah, let's go talk to Bill and Felice. Well, welcome back for part two, right? Part two of 10, I heard. Bill and Felice, we're so excited that you reached out and wanted to come back on the show. Your original episode was episode 42, and it released January 1st of 2019. So it's been about a year and a half since we last recorded, and we're super excited to get an update from you. We're also in the middle of this whole coronavirus quarantine, so I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that and how it's changed your relationship too. So welcome. Thanks for having us. This is fun. (laughs) From the same old every day. (laughs) We're thrilled to be back. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. Yay. Well, for anyone who might not have listened to the first episode, do you mind reintroducing yourselves and giving a brief overview of kind of your entry into non-monogamy and relationship history? And we can pick back up about a year and a half ago. (laughs) Sure. So I'm Felice. Bill, we have been in an ethical non-monogamous relationship for almost four and a half years, coming on five in August. And our beginnings were that I, lack of a better word, cheated on Bill. Bill inevitably found out. And then we talked about why I did what I did. And, you know, I had kind of wishes (laughs) of that I, you know, wanted to explore my sexuality and get to know it better because I had only been with Bill. We were married very young. So we've been married how many years now? 35 years in July. 35 years in July. And I had only been with Bill. So when I told him that he seemed to understand he was he wasn't super excited that I didn't talk to him first, but <laughs> we started talking about both of us, you know, wanting to do this and explore. And it's just been a crazy ride, but really enjoyable. We've met so many great people in the lifestyle. And we were originally swingers. I think we're less swingers now and want kind of meaningful relationships in a long-term situation. And kind of that was our beginning and we've found really good people and kind of the highlight of last year was we went to the swing set takes over desire and that was so much fun and wow we met our people there for sure it was just I mean so many great people like-minded people you know that were on the same wavelength as us I think that they were the difference between your traditional swingers and what we found at Desire was that these are people that are very accepting of all sexuality at Desire and, you know, bi people and lesbians and gay couples. And it was a very accepting environment. And that's really what we're looking for now is more of that. Mm-hmm. And these people, you know, were just, they were just really giving and, yeah. Yeah. And I think life on the swing set does so much. Well, I know they do. They do so much to promote that inclusivity, especially during their takeover for the week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They say that it's not like the normal desire resort because they have kind of specific rules and stuff like that. And that when swing set takes over, that kind of goes to the wayside. And But it was a lovely place. Everything was just, they catered to us. It was so oh, sweet. It was the best vacation we ever 
Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> just the other details. So we're both 56. So you caught us that time of the year where we're, where we're the same age. The same age, yeah. And, and let's see. And we live in the American Southwest. I'm a scientist and she works at a university. And I don't think there's any other details. Just, yeah, we, you know, originally started doing stuff on Craigslist and then transitioned <laughs> oh, to uh, SLS. You know, got a good, good tip from somebody and never looked back. And I'd say now we're also on dating apps, at least, you know, like OkCupid and met a few people through that. And aside from that, we're just, we're, well, until the uh, pandemic hit, I would say things were generally pretty awesome and pretty great. You know, it was, was more than just, you know, just going to desire, but it was just things were, yeah, you know, we were kind of in a fun stage of things and really enjoying ourselves. So. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think maybe that would be really great to go kind of back to the beginning of last year where we kind of left off with the other when, when we got done talking. And I think for anybody, I mean, thank you for the, the overview. And I think for anybody who wants, they should go back and listen because we dive into a lot of the story right about Felice and, you know, having the affair and the way that you two worked through that and coming out the other side and how that transitioned and I mean, it was an amazing conversation. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing it back then. And Yeah. And at the end, of, kind of towards the end of that interview, you guys were telling us that you're kind of morphing from swinging to poly a little more. Yeah. So you called yourself Swally at that yeah. point. <laughs> I think Dan Savage uh, coined that phrase, did he? No, the swing set. Oh, the swing set. <laughs> never mind. I so, never well, <laughs> it's not copyright or trademarked. It's fine. We can say it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's where I heard it. So, I mean, a good place to start is kind of where we were the night before our podcast dropped. <laughs> yeah, that's a good place. So we're in Palm Springs, and they've got a they've got a nude resort there. So we we had done some nude or a lifestyle resort, yeah, actually. nude nude lifestyle resort, mm-hmm. and it's, it's uh, called Sea Mountain. Yeah. Yep. So, and so we decided we'd go do that, and of course, as fate would have it, it was the coldest it had been in the Southwest in ages, and so. <laughs> You know, so New Year's Eve, so we paid for New Year's Eve and we were there. And so it was sparsely attended and it was cold. It's like the high was 45. I know, it was all With cold. high winds all day. <laughs> so basically everyone just piled into the hot tub all day. So it, you said it was sparsely attended, so it wasn't packed on New Year's Eve? No, no because it was so cold. It was so cold uh, and gloomy. And so... There were about 30 of us, would I, you say? I'd say, Less? I'd say 50. 50. 50. 50 people. A lot of people from Southern California. But it's the first time we'd ever been kind of in a lifestyle and nude environment. So that took some getting used to, but we had a good time. So we, we actually had a really good time. We met, met another couple when we were, were there. They were other, they were desire aficionados. And, oh, yeah. And they, yeah. Also, they also really sold desire. Like they, oh, that's true. They, they did. They, I they forgot about that. They've been there 10, yeah. or, 10 or 12 times and were headed back there, you know, like a month after after we met. But, yeah. you know, we had, had a really enjoyable time with them, and uh, we actually met with them the day after there in Palm Springs they were staying. So we, we met up with them again and just, you know, had an enjoyable time. So we kind of knew, okay, we can do this. But it was kind of a swinger environment. It was. And so, but that's okay. And so it had, you know, it didn't have quite the body positivity and sort of all the elements that we we saw at the swing set where it was really, really a super positive environment. Right. Well, and, and even at that point, you had started drifting more towards the poly side of things, right? Yeah. I mean, we started doing separate play a few years before then, and that I think that kind of became our dominant way to do things. So one of the things that I think we kind of did as a New Year's resolution for 19 was we were going to try to do more threesomes. Or and, and do more together. More, do more things together. More things together. More, yeah. So, I mean, we'd still do our separate dates. But we'd also do things together. Right. And so, and I think we, we succeeded. We succeeded really well with that. <laughs> the, the swinger New Year's resolutions are usually quite different than normal New Year's <laughs> resolutions. <laughs> yes. I agree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that was one of the things we're doing and kind of just, uh, you know, it, it's good to sort of check out where you're at and kind of think about if you need to go and sort of adjust, you know, adjust what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. What was the reasoning behind wanting to focus more on doing some together things? Was were there was there something that prompted inspired that? that? Yeah, or prompted it? Yeah, I really mm. like threesomes. 
I love them. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was just like we had been doing our separate thing and it just felt like maybe that's something that we needed to go back to and explore a little more and try to find couples, which is elusive still and or just another another person that we could bring in and just, you know, have fun with, which we I found a lovely woman. Yeah, we found a lovely woman that that we met last year, and we've had just one. I can just think of one. Did we find more? I can think two. I think of several. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm again. I'm not thinking well today, and that was kind of fun. And oh, the other thing we worked on last year was trying to bring his people, the Hayseeds, and my people together, but really talking about it. Like, do you think these people will work together? And so we had a couple of small intimate gatherings, like four to six people and that would come together and we'd have like a little, little play party. And so those were really fun and everybody seems to like them, but we vetted the people between the two of us. Like, do you think that person will be good? Or do you worry that they won't be good? They won't share well. And so we brought a couple people together and those have been, those have been, those have been really fun. So we've tried to do more of that, which is still kind of swingery, but we're having long-term relationships with these people. So the people we see, you know, many times. And I think based on some of the experiences we had talked about in our previous interview, you know, we've tried to be real thoughtful about who we bring together. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, make sure they're people who will play well together. Right. And get along with each other. So we're sort of think, trying to think, you know, we're thinking pretty proactively about all that before we do the invites. Yeah. But they've been great. They've yeah. Been- and, you know, I think I've always had this since I was a young teenager is if you can't find fun, make your own fun. And so that's kind of how we did it is like, well, we can't seem to find the right people out there. We went to a terrible party that it was terrible was the terrible classic swinger party. And I was so, I was like, this is so awful. So we just, I said, why don't we just do our own thing? Why don't we just create our own parties and just bring people together? So we wanted to start small. We might get larger, but that's kind of what we were doing last year. And we're not real big on late night start time. Oh yeah. So, we have it at five o'clock after so, work. So it's our happy hour. So basically, it's basically it's, it's five o'clock. Yeah, yeah. We're playing at five o'clock. You know, so we get a hotel room and and you know everyone comes over after work and we play and we have some snacks and some some drinks and yeah, and then you can go get dinner afterwards. Sometimes people go home because they have to go home or whatever. And then the last time we had dinner, uh, we just walked next door. The hotel was right next, right door. next door to a restaurant so we just walked over there and had dinner it was great we all had a good time yeah so you're throwing midweek orgies at dinner time (laughs) basically (laughs) happy hour we call them happy hour yeah i was gonna say that puts a new twist on a happy hour No, i love it because i mean it's like an extra happy hour yeah Yeah. no it's fantastic It, it really kicks to the the stereotype of let's get started at three in the morning on a Saturday yeah, night. No, yeah. that's not Bill and I that's, at all. Yeah, that's Even not. at Desire. Oh, my God. I would be like, Bill, I need to take a nap. And it was like 10 o'clock at night because things didn't get started until late. I was like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know this. We know the drill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, we, you know, so we sort of made, made our own fun and find folks that are going to work well together. Yeah. And so. uh yeah, I think maybe the woman that that she's thinking of is the woman who really liked, who was really excited to do some of the kind of the small group play. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's a lot of fun. She's just yeah. like a perfect. She's a perfect third, and then she really enjoyed. You know, she's just basically she's like a human aphrodisiac. <laughs> she's really cute. And, is she our age or younger? She's a few years younger. Yeah, but she's really sweet. Yeah. So it sounds like overall 2019, though, was really like a really good year for you. Was, I think so. I, I think it was really, really, really good. Really fantastic. Year. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of finding our own way now, like feeling comfortable in the lifestyle. Yeah. Did you run into any speed bumps at all that you remember? 
2020 has had most of the speed bumps. <laughs> yeah, well, 2020 has been a different ball game for most of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like a wall, but there, I mean, there was some stuff in 2020 before that also kind of were was was difficult as well. 2019, I don't think really had any sort of big issues or concerns. I mean, we had a yeah. pretty smooth sailing all the way through. Yeah. So it was like you know, we kind of felt like we were just doing great. And then you went to Desire in November and like capped it off, right? Well, that was like whipped cream and cherry. And- yeah. <laughs> but you know, when I came back, I wanted so much more out of the lifestyle. I wanted, I wanted that here where we live, and it's just not going to happen. We're just too small a place. And but we met an Albuquerque person at Desire, and she owns a small sex shop here where we are at and a female positive sex shop. And we talked all the way back home on the flight and wow, she's great. And she's just our cup of tea. Like her people, we'd like to get to know more, but we haven't had the opportunity since we got back kind of this whole thing happened, but she has classes and their munches and stuff like that. And her little store. Yeah. They have a really phenomenal store. And so she recorded a, a podcast with Tristan Termino in, in desire. And so actually that was, so when we did the speed dating there and we started, they were the first two people and we were so clueless. We didn't realize that we were talking to Tristan Termino <laughs> until, until the last five seconds of the, of the speed date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and had a class together they taught a couple of classes they taught, together they, they taught several classes together at desire that were just fantastic <laughs> yeah the and classes so, were really fun i enjoyed them thoroughly that they had yeah. desire those were really yeah that's awesome yeah and the podcasts were fun and yeah it's yeah. just they, yeah they pack a lot into that week there's there's always something going on and i scuba dive for the first time oh cool and I had been trying to be certified all summer long, and it took me like three times because <laughs> I'm just not, I don't know, I'm, I was just scared to death. But finally, on the third time, I got my certification. And so I actually went out and did some scuba diving and saw, saw some fish and a shark and some fun things in Cancun. So that was fun. Cool. That's yeah, awesome. that's a really awesome memory. Because the boat, because the boat was like itty bitty, and the waves were choppy, and oh well. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing was just just fabulous, just start to finish. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just yeah, just loved every bit of it, and you know, there was there were some new things, you know, that we did when we were there. Besides scuba diving, <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. I didn't scuba dive. I hung out, so she missed one of the new things that I just tried on a lark. So I actually kissed a guy. And there, so it was kind of, I guess it was a gauntlet. I'm going to say it was a gauntlet. It was a offer that was uh-huh. made at Tristan's podcast. And so there was just, you know, there was somebody that we just clicked with. And so it was in the pool. I think it was after the phone party. So we just had the phone party. We we're standing there with a drink and, and it was just, I said, you know, you know, would you mind if I kissed you? And so I kissed him and then he turned to his wife and said, you need to kiss this guy. <laughs> 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 so like his wife and that was really good and then the swords crossed in the pool oh <laughs> i wasn't here and, and, she, and, and she missed all that so <laughs> so was this your first time really exploring any sexuality outside of women then Bill? well i had a cock in my mouth a couple times before but this was just wondering what that would feel like you know what that would be like just it was just like I thought about it and just there's a lot of bisexuality at the swing set. And so I just wanted to see what would happen. Yeah. And it was successful. It was fun. Yeah, it was good. It was, he was a good kisser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kid him too. He's a really, he was a really fun guy. Really fun, gregarious He and his guy. wife were just so gregarious and open and just really terrific people. And it was, yeah, this yeah. is so much fun. Yeah. It was just fun. It was just, you know, you felt someone you kind of felt like you had a good connection to. And yeah, I mean, there were lots, there was lots of fun stuff, lots of firsts and lots of just interesting exploration, learning and really just cool people. Lots and lots of really cool people that we enjoyed meeting. Yeah. 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 No, that's amazing. A lot of people that you've met. So yeah. <laughs> yep. So what, not to like 
put a rain cloud over it. <laughs> I know. But like, what, oh. So what happened transitioning into 2020? You said there was some challenges you guys have come up against even before the darkness of coronavirus has swarmed in. You know, there were a couple things I think was kind of different for the two of us. You know, for me in particular, there was a lot of just play opportunities that started falling through. Like there's just some, you know, there was some like some cool bucket list stuff that got planned and then it just kind of fell apart. You know, one time it fell apart because of a snowstorm. And then there was, there was an STD scare. Oh yeah. And yeah, he had that. Yeah. So we were, I've subsequently found out more about this particular situation, but what happened basically, uh, we were at a workshop. I think we mentioned our oldest is is transgender. Mm -hmm. And so we were at a workshop on transgender support. That was really, really good. I got a text in the middle of it from one of the women I I see who said, you know, hey, there was an accident, you know, and then so like a partner of a partner is, you know, positive for syphilis. And so, and then there was a broken condom at some point, mm. you know, so I was very, I was very careful to not freak out as we're sitting there in the workshop and also to let her know that I was really grateful that she was so upfront about it. So the long story short was we, we have a sort of standing orders for STD tests through our primary care physician. So our physician knows that we've got an open relationship. And so we can go to the lab and just, and get a draw and get tested whenever we like. And so I decided to go later that day and, and visit the lab and get drawn. And so in the afternoon, I got over to the lab and was drawn. And then lo and behold, I walk out of the parking lot and the woman, my friend, who had texted me in the morning, was walking to her car. <laughs> and so <laughs> exactly the same place, which I didn't expect because she lives actually significantly south of, of where we do, maybe 25 miles or so, but she had to go to the big city to get a, to get to a lab. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so we're in the parking lot. Uh, open on the weekend. Yeah. We had canceled a play date earlier in that week, actually. So we'd had a play date that got canceled. I can't remember why, you know, it was just part of what 2020 was seeming. It was like a warning. 2020 <laughs> was warning us that it was going to be bad. <laughs> and so she and I talked for a bit in the parking lot. And so, the amazing thing was, is that I got the first result the next day. And I told the person at the draw what my concern was, you know, concerned that I might have been exposed to syphilis. And so I basically had all my results back within, I think, five days. Mm-hmm. And then they lost her draw. And so my, my friend, it took her two weeks to get results. Oh, no. And so... And I was communicating and we were communicating with other people that we knew because there were some joint, there were some people that we'd also played with, even though there'd been protection involved. You still wanted to be careful because it's still a contact. Yeah. And be upfront about it. Yeah. So I think in the end, the guy who she was worried about actually was negative. And so it was just this woman who was positive and everyone tested negative. So that was the happy story. You know, everyone paused what they were doing and, and got tested. But the amazing thing was apparently this woman had continued to play after she knew she was positive. And, you know, it got to the point where my friend said that she, and she's apparently a registered nurse. And she had gotten to the point where I guess it, the disease, the illness had got into like the second stage and she had to get it like a spinal tap. Wow. And so it was just something, it was really horrible, oh. you know, and she was behaving very responsibly because I actually then heard more about the story through a second friend who was sort of just appalled by the whole situation. Yeah. Because she also sort of, she went into sexual self-quarantine for the month of February. And then and then the month of March became a different kind This was of, your friend. Well, they're both, yeah. I, oh, I see. Yeah. They're both women I had seen. So I, I heard a little more from one than the other. So the other one. Yeah. The first, and neither one of them was the woman that tested positive. No, yeah, I know this other woman's identity, but I don't, I don't know her personally. Right, right. Well, it sounds like apart from her, everybody handled it really well, and like you were very supportive of each other, and everybody stopped what they were doing, got tested, took the time that they needed to sort it all out, and we're all really supportive of each other. So I think it's fantastic to hear. Yeah, it was a lot of a lot of people being responsible adults and helping each other and you know talking about it. You know, and I'd get a result and I'd share it immediately 
with my friend just to try to calm her because she wasn't getting results. Yeah. And I just had had my test just a couple of days before and it was, everything was negative. So I just said, well, I'm negative. You're probably negative, but go ahead anyway. A week before I actually, you know, we actually got this text and and the, the actual potential exposure was all back in January. Yeah. Yeah. So it had been a little while. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Anyway, so that's, you know, there was just, it just seemed like things were not going smoothly. Yeah. You know, we did, we did have our kind of our last little party, which was, which was really, really fun. So it was, you know, it was six people. Back in, this is, would have been February? Uh, January, late January. January, okay. Yeah. And, and then after that, kind of the wheels <laughs> started, started to come off 2020. <laughs> so 2020 was preparing us. For, for the wheels to really come off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the pandemic hit. So I gave in, so my birthday was April 24th and I gave in and one of my friends, I uh, said, how do you feel about the pandemic? Are you being very, very cautious? And he says, I'm still at work. He said that his partner had gotten tested and she was negative for the coronavirus that she works in a doctor's office. So he says, I am too. So I finally gave in and he came over and played with me. That was really nice for my birthday. (laughs) But that's all the fun I had. Well, I did have a fun Zoom party. (laughs) A lot of my cousins and family. Yeah, not not the kind of fun that we're talking about. Like normal. Like vanilla fun. Normal family (laughs) friend fun. Although there, although there were swingers on the Zoom party. Yeah. And then <laughs> somebody, us. and then Bill's cousin says, everybody introduce yourself. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're friends. <laughs> now that's a fun story. That is a fun story from last year. Okay. Okay. Story, tell us. So, last, so every year we go to a lake up in the Northwest with the family. And so. The extended family. Bill's my, my extended, my extended family. family. And so. So we had a kind of a, a day on the lake on a boat and we got back and there's like a bar at the, uh, on the dock, on the dock. Yeah. And so it's time for us to check in for a flight. It's a Southwest flight. So I have to go check in and I couldn't get any service to go check in. So I had to like walk to the end of the pier to go get a connection. <laughs> and so I walk back to the bar after I get my uh, check-in and my cousin is talking to police about threesomes. <laughs> Well, and I'm like, so let's, let's clarify. Your family didn't know anything. No, not, not him. Uh, he wasn't told directly, but I suspect his mom and sister probably said something. Okay. They were open. Cause I think the only people who didn't really know were, well, the little kids and my parents. Okay. So everyone else kind of knew that we had open relationship. Like his brother and his wife knew and. His aunt knows, but I don't think they told him because it was a weird conversation I was having. Granted, it's the middle of the day, we're drinking, and he started talking about his girlfriend and then her friend, and he kind of started it. And I said, well, you know, Bill and I are have an open relationship. And he goes, oh, let's tell me about that. <laughs> His, his girlfriend and his previous girlfriend have the same first name. And he sort of said, well, I've had two of them at once. And- <laughs> no, but he was telling me that his current girlfriend and her girlfriend that he had dated prior, they were, the three of them got together. Yeah. And yeah. I said, oh, yeah, I know what that's like. I think that's how it so started. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there with my jaw open going like, what the hell did I just miss? <laughs> You know, how did this happen in the three minutes yeah. I was I was checking into a flight? <laughs> well, we just started talking. Yeah. yeah. And so most of your family knows it sounds like, at least now they do. Yeah, Bill's Bill said except his father doesn't know. Yeah, we we did have a kind of a forced coming out over, over Oh, with my brother. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Over that's a good that's a kind of a good story. Yeah. We got into a conversation about politics, which we should not have done. Right. And, and say our status on Facebook says, you know, that we're in an open relationship. Yeah. And so we, we did find out that, that sister in law does read that. No, no. So let me tell the story since it's my family. <laughs> we were talking, I said you know, how can you support a man who's, you know, the infidelity and he's just, 
you know, such a, and she goes, well, Christine, who's my niece has Facebook. And she said, well, Christine said that you guys are in an open relationship. And it really took, I really was taken back by that. I didn't, I didn't say anything. I didn't know what to say at first, but then I said, well, it's ethically non-monogamous. And so Bill and I, you know, we both know. And so they kind of asked us a little bit. I said, I know the people that Bill sleeps with. He knows the people I sleep with. It's very above board and it really has helped our relationship and improved it. And there's a lot more communication and honesty between Bill and I. And I guess that's how it kind of ended. But then she didn't come back. I guess we went to breakfast with them. Well, we tried to go to breakfast with both of them once once a month. We tried to do that. And she didn't attend because, I don't know, she was offended or... Well, we don't know if it's the politics or it's the... Whatever. Yeah, something. something. But my brother didn't seem to care. My brother was like, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. It's like, that's your business. So So now you're out to part of your family, most of Bill's family, and they all know that you don't like Donald Trump. (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) Bill's family... Except for his father. Now, his mother just passed away. That was kind of a horrid horrid thing because she passed away right as we were going into the lockdown. Oh, no. Yeah, there was no funeral. There's no goodbyes. You know, there was nothing. And so I think that's delayed grief, at least on Bill's father's part. And that's Bill struggling with him. Luckily, he lives in town, but that's been a big struggle. It's just, yeah, yeah it's, not, it's just another thing I have to keep tabs on and yeah. keep on him. But it's much harder because, you know, he's also in his 80s. And so for that reason, you also have to be really careful just because, you know, the disease, the illness is much more dangerous to someone who's old. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that plays a role in kind of thinking about moving forward. Because one of the other things I realized is like th- three of three of my friends, you know, three of the ladies that I've that I've seen live with their mothers, and so you know we're in our fifties, and you know if you were in our fifties, you can just do the math. You know, there, there's a bunch of mothers who are eighty years old, and so they, you know, even though we think most of us are pretty healthy, if you're living with someone who's elderly, that person is the one who you really have to think about. Yeah. yeah. Well, and maybe that brings us a little bit to what the last, I guess, now almost two months have been like with the quarantine. And, you know, I know before we started recording, you mentioned that you've both basically been going back to a monogamous relationship and how that change has yeah. been for you. They're going to have to change their Facebook status back. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, you're right. To well, semi-monogamous. So one of my favorite <laughs> play friends, his wife has severe asthma. And so he's super, super cautious. And he even told me that he doesn't even go out. Like they get their food delivered and there's minimal, he has minimal contact because it's, he just doesn't want to even hint at infecting her because it would be really difficult. Yeah. So he's, you know, I'm not going to be playing with him for a long time, I feel. Yeah, and, and it's uh, hard because he's our, he's also a close personal friend. Yeah, we do have happy hour Zoom happy hours with a group of friends on Wednesdays, which was our kind of our normal get together day for our friends. So that's kind of tough on me I, that I don't get to see him. And I did have one friend, like I told you, for my birthday, he came over. That was kind of fun. And but everybody else, you know, it's everybody's being very very cautious. And so it's just, you know, Bill and I are trying to make the most of it. And some days it's, we call it service sex. (laughs) And other days, you know, we have a good time and it's fun. And then, you know, Bill tries to make a date with me and that's fun. And he'd like try to find ways to spice it up. Yeah. We, you know, integrated toys and we 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 should try it in other rooms. Well, we actually played in our playroom. So, oh, that's uh, true. We did do that, which which we normally don't do. You know, we reserve that 
the only time we'll have sex in there is if there's someone else there too. But yeah, we, you know, it's been kind of a challenge just to uh, deal with things. I told Bill I had a breakdown the other day and told him, I feel like I'm wasting my time. Like everything, you know, we're just sitting here feeling like we're wasting time. You know, it's not like we're young and that we've got all the time in the world. And the death of his mother, of course, brings on these feelings of mortality. And I felt that five years ago with my father's death. And I'm sure he's no, and, I, I, and he's feeling it now. But I'm uh, feeling that now pretty strongly. Yeah. And it's yeah. So it's hard to it's really hard to you know put everything on pause. And like I said, 19 was such a great year and we have, we're having such a good time. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like all this great stuff suddenly comes to a screeching halt. Yeah. yeah. Right. Has that helped maybe like inspire you two to be more, just enjoy the stuff that you two do together more? I don't know. I mean, we're trying to make it work, you know, <laughs> we're just, I don't know. I asked Bill, you know, can we just have sex once a week? And he was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) That it would be like, you know, like, oh, I haven't been with you for a week. Ah." (laughs) You know, I think, I mean, the persons whose work I think about a lot is Esther Perel. Yeah. You know, she had the book Meeting in Captivity. And so I read that a long time ago, I think even before any of this started. And one of the things about it is I think when we were working from home, you're in the same space all the time. You don't have that separation. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things, one of her theses is that, you, you know, you need that separation and space to build up the erotic energy. And so, you know, it isn't like, I mean, we're actually getting along pretty damn well for this. <laughs> yeah. you know, we're not fighting. It's not awful, but we also are in each other's space all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. That, and that's, I think, the hard part. Yeah. Well, you would realize how much that play with others and such had added to your relationship, like you said earlier. Also, like, you're getting this look of, okay, what would it be like to go back to monogamy? And it sounds like, obviously, you don't necessarily want to do that right now. You're just being forced to. No. We very very much don't. (laughs) No. No, we love being with each other. So, I'm being honest. Other people spice up our sex life. Yeah. So, you're with other people. The tension that yumminess you feel when you're you're going to meet somebody and it just it's electricity and you bring that home to your partner and you know lots of people say that in the lifestyle that it energizes their own sexual relationship and that has always been true for bill and i and we don't have that really well bill still sees one woman that bill sees her weekly i don't know how you feel about that what is your does she add to your Sure. I mean, she's, she's great. I, mean, I know, she, but is that important? That helps. To... I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I feel slightly, slightly cavalier about it and slightly blessed. You know, she's, she's basically all alone otherwise. And so she's, you know, completely by herself. And she was kind of there at the start of it all. And we were kind of looking at each other like, should we be doing this? And it was kind of like, well, you know, we talked about it. You know, sort of talk to the risk profiles and kind of where you're at. And so it's kind of like, you know, they're, they're inside the circle, you know, you're going to keep them there, you know, mindful of anything changes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's actually, it's the same woman who had the concern about being exposed to, to the STD. Right. You know, and so I think, you know, we have a good trusted relationship. Yeah. The other thing that I, I really noticed is, so Esther Perel has some really good videos on, relationships in the pandemic and one of the things that she says that i've found very true like like today i found it true is it's like a relationship accelerator oh yeah and and that it just pushes relationships and so for me i've seen several of my relationships with women really become very very strained Mm mm-hmm I'm so glad you brought her up because she's amazing. And we'll put links to her work in the show notes as well. She just did an interview that I listened to with Tim Ferriss on his show. So it has a lot of really good thoughts and ideas for couples and people going through relationships right now, whether you're together or not, like you're forced to be apart. Mm-hmm. Right. I think she talked about the relationship accelerator in that interview with uh, Tim Ferriss and you know, it's kind of like if people are going to get divorced, 
then it'll often push them in, into divorce. You know, if, if a relationship's starting, it'll push it, you know, towards maybe getting much closer. Yeah. And, you know, much higher. And so, yeah, so I kind of probably a breakup call today, this, this morning, with yeah. somebody. Wow. And yeah, it was hard. Yeah. And, it was a <sighs> and that's someone that you haven't been able to see, too, I'm assuming. Part of the issue is she's kind of lifestyle adjacent and yeah. not super comfortable with it. But yeah, she's got an elderly, she lives with their elderly mom. And, yeah. you know, and that, that's become increasingly time consuming. And, but she's also had a lot of time to think about and hard for her to feel comfortable integrating me into her life. Yeah. You know, and she's a fantastic lady and she's just a wonderful, wonderful lady that we, that we both you know, yeah, we're, she's fun. We're she's both, a we're funny both, lady. We're both friends with and, and just super enjoy your company. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. That's never fun to go through and like just adds to the challenging times right now, especially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and other people are just ending in the stress. You know, people are just, people are having meltdowns and you're getting some of that too. You know, you can sort of feel the stress in people's lives. Yeah. Everything is heightened. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, something I was curious about, if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about it, is the notion you hear a lot. Like if you go and look on anybody, not anybody, but pretty much all of the online profiles for people in the swinging world, they you'll often see something like, we have the world's best sex life. We don't, we don't need to do this, but we do it anyway. And it's it's very much like, we don't need this we're great ourselves. We have sex every day, everybody. It's just sex, 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 sex. And it sounds like for the two of you right now, it's the other people really were bringing you two closer and probably causing you two to have more sex than maybe you are now that it's kind of just the two of you. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people who see that as a problem. They're like, well, if they can't, you know, have great sex together without these other people, then why are they together? And I don't particularly believe that myself, but I was just wondering if you two would maybe talk a little bit about what the outside relationships and outside sex partners have brought to you two and and how maybe just expand a little more on how it's changed the last couple months where that has kind of gone by the wayside. I think one of the things that I think we realize about both of us and each other is that we both enjoy watching the other person have sex mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, some of my best moments are, you know, with another woman involve her holding the woman or just cheering me on, you know, just <laughs> go, you know, team, just go, you know, and, and vice versa. And so I think we realize that, that, that that's something that both of us get fired up to see and to watch and, and, or if it's just something that, that happens, when we're not there, it also, I think, fires up the imagination. I, I would say it's not like we don't, I mean, occasionally the, you know, the sex that we have, even in the lockdown has been lights out fantastic. It's just that it's, it, we also have this element that we're here all the time in each other's space all the time. And sometimes it just doesn't work and you can't, you know, just to be perfectly blunt, the lockdown the pandemic is just goddamn depressing. And in of itself, in a huge bummer, yeah. and it's and it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard, you know. It's really hard to get charged up all the time when all of this awful shit's happening all over the world, you know, and particularly in our country. So that's, I think that plays a role in it too. It's hard. It's hard to let go of all that. For me, it's validation. So I'm going to harken back to desire. One of the lovely things about desire was there was all body types. You know, there were skinny people, fluffy people, you know, saggy boobs, great boobs, fake boobs, men, you know, it's just a variety of bodies. And, you know, I, uh, I guess, you know, the time hasn't been good to my body. I used to be a dancer, so (laughs) I was, you know, very fit when Bill met me and I'm not, I'm not so thin anymore. But one of the things that I feel that really encourages my libido is when I get validation from these other men that I'm beautiful, that I'm hot. And although Bill says that to me all the time, like on his walk today, he's like, Oh, your eyes are so beautiful. (laughs) 
you know, I get that validation, but he's my husband. He has to say that. (laughs) And when you're with other people that are just adoring on you and loving on you, it is just so validating and it just energizes you. And other people, some, I'm an extrovert. So people just in general energize me, even if we're not even having sex. And so I bring that energy home to Bill when we're, we're fucking, you know, and that's what it does for me. So maybe psychologically, that's not the most healthy thing, but you know, I listen to Dan all the time and he's, he says, this is a normal response when you're, you're out there dating people and you're getting validation is that it energizes your sex life with your primary partner. And I just get that because I'm getting validation and I'm thinking, okay, you know, it's not just Bill who thinks I'm pretty or good in bed or have a nice ass that these other men do too. And so there's just something wonderful about that. Even talking about it makes me kind of, (laughs) she's really perked up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll let you go shortly so you can uh, take care of that. But (laughs) so it desired that was really validated for me because all, all, you know, the women were all different shapes and sizes and I didn't feel out of place at all. And, you know, it was just so amazing. And I think that's the thing I came away from is, you know, because I guess normally Desire has really pretty people that go there. And we even saw the next group come in. And they were, yeah, they were pretty, you know, the pretty people, I guess. The last day, the the, the (laughs) next week, people started coming in before we left. And they didn't look like us. We were all very different bodies shapes and sizes and it was just so free and that's what i think i i loved about desire and i love about you know having various partners is that bill has to say i'm beautiful and pretty and a good partner and everything but those guys don't have to say that to me and yet they do except for one he never says you know anyway we won't talk about that <laughs> but, but yeah i, I mean he's, I mean, he's kind of emotionally unavailable <laughs> I think it's similar for me. I mean, I think it's, there's some validation, you know, I mean, it's not just fun, but it's also, you've got lots of women, you know, saying that you're handsome, saying that you're sexy, you know, and, and saying that you're a good lay or, or whatever, all, all of that, you know, feels really wonderful. And they're still saying that it's at a distance for, you know, I think this is the ninth week. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. um, the woman that broke up with Bill today, she's a lovely woman. And, I don't condemn her for this at all, but I remember one time she says, do you know how lucky you are, Felicia, to have Bill? What an amazing man he is. And I'm like, so that's good for me to hear that. Like, I am so lucky, you know, like I got the right guy. (laughs) So, you know, it's just, you know, just being an extrovert, just people just all that yummy feeling you get from just interacting with others. And yeah. it's not just the swinger open sexual energy. I think it's just the energy you get from people in the rest of the world that's missing. Yes. I mean, I'm just yeah. missing. I'm Tell missing. them about what you feel like the serendipity. Yeah. I feel like the serendipity has gone from most days that I would always have a day where you would, you know, have a conversation with someone that was unexpected or you'd have, you'd meet somebody new who you didn't expect or, you know, just those little things that are you don't expect during the day. And the, the pandemic seems to, the lockdown seems to have taken most of that out of our lives. I think meeting, you know, certainly meeting somebody new. Like I had a, a lady that I was supposed to play with for the first time. And that's been on hold this whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had a meeting and we were going to play. And then she had to go, I think, to a funeral or something. And then by the time, you know, the makeup date came we were locked down and, you know, and she's very safety minded, you know, she's not going to take her chances. And I respect her for that. I mean, we talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that this pandemic itself has just, you know, it's taken away so much human connection. Like, I, you know, we can connect over Zoom like we're doing right now. And we, of course, have done that with other family and friends and such. But it's not the same as, you know, being physically next to be able to touch someone or like give someone a hug. Like I've, I've really missed just giving people hugs. Like you don't realize how much joy and happiness that brings you until it's gone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Thank you for also bringing up the part about you know, the, the affirmation from other people, because that's something we've experienced too. And I think a lot of people do like it just boosts your confidence when someone else tells you, you know, how amazing you are and it can bring so much to your relationship and also make you appreciate your partner in a different light and more too. So yeah, yeah that's amazing. And, and I think, I think too, building on that, just that, that there's nothing wrong with that and that that energy isn't a bad thing. And it's, I guess it's just that to me, that mentality of if that's something you need, that spark that you need, and maybe you don't need it all the time, but if there's times where you do need it, like that's not a bad thing. And I just, for anybody listening who's like, well, you know, I feel like we're relying on the lifestyle or we're relying on these other people to fuel us. There's a big part of me that says like, so what? Like if that's working and you guys are happy, like who the fuck cares? (laughs) Like what it is, right? Yeah. I have, I have a funny anecdote that I just wanted to bring. Please. <laughs> My, our son is living with us. So one day we were in our room that faces the backyard and he was back there. And we got in a big fight because afterwards he says, can't you guys close the bloody window? And we're like, no, it's our house. We want to scream. It's our, you know. So He's we like, came to an agreement to <laughs> To close the windows. To close the windows when we're having sex so he doesn't have to hear it. Because poor guy, he's locked up. And, well, he does go see his friend who's a girl every once in a while. But he's not having the kind of sex I'm sure he wants to have. So us doing it in the house probably just makes him feel bad. Doesn't feel good. And so. Yeah. And and to be clear, your your son's in college. He's an adult. Yeah. He's 23. Yeah, yeah. He's, so he's an adult. He's an adult that's being quarantined with his parents. <laughs> yeah. So our, our our sex is good enough that there was a lot of screaming and, <laughs> and, and cursing and and enough noise that he was worried that yeah. he, that the neighbors yeah he was all worried about the we neighbors were, the neighbors knew we were doing it. <laughs> that's like, about living together. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, and <laughs> I love that. I know. <laughs> So, the well, agreement is we'll shut the windows. We'll yeah, right. The windows. That was our agreement. Because like, so. we, we had the music playing. Yeah, he's like, that's <laughs> not enough. That's not enough. <laughs> you got to get speakers on the outside of the house. Exactly. I know. <laughs> Noise canceling speakers. I did exactly those bows once, but I don't know where they're at. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he would just have to wear those, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, maybe that's a fun place to leave it. If Unless the two of you have something else that you wanted to maybe touch on and share before we let you go wake up the neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Now we're, it's too late for us. It's close. It's yeah. Late. Oh, that's true. We're it's daytime close. people. Yeah, we are. We already did it today. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, that's, that's good. It's good to see you guys. It's good to rehash a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's wonderful to see you guys. I mean, Hopefully, if, if stars align in 21, we'll all be able to pay for and meet and desire. So we can have a, we can have a drink in the hot tub. Yeah. Yeah. That would be amazing. And I just, I wanted to say one last thing too. Just sure. like, thank you too for, I guess, bringing some real emotion and just like talk about the actual impact that this whole coronavirus thing is having on you and your relationship because I, not, I know people are talking about it, but we haven't had many guests go deeply into it yet. So I just like, thank you for being vulnerable and telling us that it's not been easy and that's okay. And like acknowledging it and that it's not forever, but we have to do what we have to do right now. And it's important to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, I, we think about it being over every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought they were going to open my work up Monday, this coming Monday, but they moved us back two more weeks. So right. we have one of those governors who's very cautious. Cautious. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we may. That's probably a good thing. It is. She's yeah. been praised throughout the country for her diligence. So we're proud of her too. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you both again for everything for coming on a second time and hopefully we'll get you another time in the future back. Maybe we can get the reopening. Edition <laughs> yeah. and hopefully we don't have to wait a year and a half. Maybe for that. We can do one. Uh, you guys can do your podcast at desire or something. Someday. Yeah, that would be fine. That would be fine to get. Yeah. Oh man, that feels like a dream right now. Like, just <laughs> well, the podcasts were fun there, so yeah, think about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. get there. We'll get there again. It's not over. It's not over. No. Nope. Okay. Well, so. thank you. Thank you again. And uh, have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Good night. And, and we're, we're back. back. See, sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. You never know what's going to happen. Leave the mystery there. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. Thank you to Bill and Felice for reaching out and coming on and sharing your story again. Yeah. It was awesome to hear what's changed, and it was awesome to... I mean, honestly, we haven't talked too much about the COVID and how it's impacting people, and I think this is a really good look at sort of how it is impacting people who are non-monogamous. Because it's been a pretty big change for everyone. Yep. So thank you to them for coming on one quick reminder if you are looking to start meeting people maybe in a virtual sense since it's maybe not quite the right time to go out and meet in person yet that's your that's that's totally up to you yes but we recommend alt playground go check them out and see all of the diverse options you can use to sign up as well go to our website normalizingnonmonogamy.com. you can find links there yeah and while you're there remember links to all of our other shows past guests maybe some future guests we should start a future guest thing we'll just make up guests <laughs> and, put and them then on they have to come on <laughs> good plan good plan yeah not, <laughs> not a great plan <laughs> i'm just going along with it but i'm not crazy about it next week yes. speaking of future guests that next was my week. segue by the way good segue solid work <laughs> so next week uh, our normal wednesday episode is going to actually be with mr and mrs jones from the we got a thing podcast it's an awesome interview, and we're super excited about it. It's a great uh, synopsis of a roughly six-year journey kind of condensed down into an hour. So if you're not familiar with who they are, you can definitely go check out their show. You can probably binge it in the next week before it's time to get on. We but only have like 70-some episodes. Yeah. So <laughs> do that. We'll see you guys in a week to give you the the Cliff's Notes version. And I think we get some behind-the-scenes that's not available anywhere else. I'd like to think so. I'm going to assume we did. Yeah. So anyway. So you heard it here, folks. First time ever secrets about the Joneses. (laughs) Why not? Right. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Hope you have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next Wednesday. And sorry that we ramble so much. We're just having fun. We are. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 